everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And we're a day late, but it's not too late for you to give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging in MMA. So uh, make sure you read that criteria. We're working on uh, getting it much more easier access for you. We will get to that. How's the, how's the progress on, on our We're working on it. I'm, th- I'm thinking of adding, if we can get a link on Linktree. Okay. That would be helpful. To the, to the criteria. I think that would be really good for our, so, for our listeners because, you know, most most of our listeners don't know what fighting is. So As evident by this week. <laughs> Not true. <sighs> um, I kid, I kid. But obviously, we're, we're a day late again. This time, no one's sick, fortunately. Everyone's all healthy. Yeah. Blame the Super Bowl. Blame the Super Bowl because I worked on that stuff until two a.m. on Sunday, and we said, "You know what? Let's just uh, <laughs> let's just do it another night." Yeah. So we did. We pushed it back a night. Hopefully, this weekend we'll get to we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, I feel like I uh, the Giants won the Super Bowl. They didn't though, but I feel like they did because um, the main guy who caused them to win was a Giant this year at some point. So, I feel like I got another ring. I I kind of reject that premise, but I will say, if, if you want to feel like the Giants won because the Eagles lost, that makes sense to me, and I approve. Well, that that just makes it better. Yeah, no, but that's really the only thing, because you no, got Tony. Yeah, Tony, Eagles... I did not like Tony for a while. He gave me something. I wish him nothing but great success anymore, because he, he stuck Kadarius it. Tony. Yeah, he stuck it to Philly. I'm so glad he did. Mm-hmm. Let's get on to fighting. All right, let's get to fighting. That's true. Uh, Eagles suck. But... <laughs> but yeah we've we've obviously had a big fight over the weekend massive fight great fight i i think it it just felt epic to me like all the way through like the it's not like i was like crowd or anything like that well yeah i mean but even like the lead up like it wasn't promoted very heavily i would say i wouldn't say i bought into that whole like ufc's not promoting it kind of deal but i would say we've seen more hyped major fights than this i think that's probably an accurate description yeah brendan fitzgerald was trying to defend the promotion of this event last week i i again i don't think they did something wrong i think they could have gone bigger because this was big but it just it just didn't go that way nonetheless it felt like a big fight to me like i don't care what the what the ufc's promotional machine is doing I can identify, because I'm going to watch every week anyway, right? Like, you're going to watch every week. Yeah. I'm going to watch every week. It doesn't really matter for people like you and me. Lil Wayne may, may not be watching anymore. Why is that? I think he was upset with the because Volkanovski lost, so oh. he's not going to watch anymore or something like that. All right. Well, sorry to see you go, Wheezy. <laughs> um, I was always more of a uh, Manny Fresh guy anyway. Mm. Yeah. Big timers. Yeah, it's good. They're still fly. I'm wearing gator boots right now. With the pimped out Gucci suit? Yes. Nice. Um... Yeah, th- this fight, honestly, because, again, we're watching this all the time, this always felt big to me. And then when you, obviously, the, the walkout to the cage was big, too. Massive, massive uh, reception for the home countryman, mm-hmm. the, the Aussie. It was, it was a, it was a scene. It was, it was impressive. And I heard, uh, I think I just saw a tweet, actually, from uh, Mikey Bone from MMA Junkie saying, and he was on his way out of uh, Perth, and saying that as many events as he's been to, this was 
pretty much an all timer as far as the, the kind of the the feeling, the reception, being there for that moment as as uh, the crowd welcomed him coming out. That was that was pretty cool to hear, and it kind of it felt that way. It, it kind mm-hmm. of confirmed what what we felt, I think, from home. Mm-hmm. But the question, I guess, I would have here because obviously it went the way of Machev. Good fight, close fight, competitive fight. Felt epic, bell to bell. I feel like. It did, you know, it wasn't like I won't say this is like fight of the year caliber. It probably is like the clubhouse leader for. Fight oh, it's of the, the leader year. at the moment. But yeah. but like this won't. I don't think this will stand. But it was still a really good fight, and it just felt epic the whole way through. But the question I would have for you is: Would you want to see a rematch down the line? Do you think it's something that is of interest to you, or do you think maybe this one-off was was should be just the one-off? Well, and I don't mean my, right away. I'm not saying right away. My initial reaction was like, you know what? These two just fight every... That's your next 10 fights is versus each other. <laughs> really? Um, that was my initial reaction. But then I was like, wait, first, Benil deserves a shot. Mm-hmm. And Yair deserves a shot. Let's fish. Let's let's finish that. If Islam walks through Benil and Volk walks through Yair, then the next 10 fights is Volk versus Islam. You would do it that quickly. Wow, I'm surprised. What else are you going to do? Would you get spoiled by the, uh, the Moreno-Figueredo quadrilogy? Tetrality. I just no. I mean, this is this was the first time Islam's really been tested. Yeah, sure. Outside but, of getting knocked out, but sure. But this, he, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a, a jump up in competition, even just to get that title fight last time out too. So he skipped over a few yeah. of the the natural um, top guys, which I don't have a problem with. Well, I think that, I think his I record spoke it. for himself, and, and and obviously he passed the eye test. He is the champion. He's now beaten two guys who have been champions in the last year. So although impressive. He, technically his he had a sh- uh, he struggled a little bit without Khabib there. Just saying. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Just I mean, saying. I think they had a phone call and Khabib was pointing out some things that could have been helpful or something like that. He, he was saying. All right. But nonetheless, I, I mean, I want to see this fight again. I, I do. I'm very okay with it being in like a year or two. You know, maybe like when I say a year or two, I really do mean like two years. Let them ha- let them have a few fights in their divisions. If they're still at the top, make it happen. That'd be okay with me. All right. Yeah. Fine. There's enough fighters at both divisions, you know. Like, let's let's say Arnold Allen somehow goes out there and beats Max Holloway. I don't want Max Holloway. I don't. Excuse me. I don't want Al- Arnold Allen to not get a shot. I don't want him to wait. He's already put together in a massive streak, and to beat Max Holloway would be something else, yeah. right? Oh well, so, if he beats Max, that's a that's what I'm saying. There's a different big. thing here. And obviously, Yair would still have to get presidents because he's got the, you know, the 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 trinket belt, um, the number one contender's belt. Yeah. yeah. There's there's guys at at 45. I think. Probably, though, after those, it starts to look a little easier to say, well, maybe Volk could go back up again, you know? Or maybe he even just leaves the division. Maybe he's just like, I'm done. I'll actually go to 55, and I'll just compete there and get the belt, uh, get an- another title shot naturally. Who knows? Right. But Mahachev has so much more, um, I wouldn't say work to be done, but there's a lot of guys that we would like to see him, I think, face, right? I mean, I guess you, you got to throw Poirier in the mix. Poirier for uh, sure, and, but Benil number one. If he, as long as he beats Charles, it, I think it's kind of kind of sure. weak that he has to even fight Charles for a shot. But um, if he beats Charles, that just solidifies him even more. So, yeah. What about uh? Let, let's say some. Let's say someone like uh, Justin Gaethje goes out there and beats Rafael Fiziev, or vice versa. I think either one of them would be an interesting fight too. I don't. Yeah, I would still favor. I think probably Islam just because of the skill set, but. Yeah, these are these are there's a lot of fights at fifty five. Yeah, no, there's a lot is, of fights so. each way. But that's why I, that's why I don't necessarily but, feel like this is the division where you got to keep going at them like yeah, you know, like you're saying ten times in a row. I, I, but I would do it ten times in a row, yeah, fair. just because I enjoyed it so much. I'm surprised you really enjoyed it that much. I'm glad you did, for yeah. sure. Um, but to, and, to that degree, that surprised me. Yeah. Also, I want to point out uh, Sean Sheehan pointed this out that 
the judges are not swayed by home cooking. This is a fight evident of that. Yeah, no, for sure. So, and then, well, none of these judges were local judges either. Right, I know, but you see the crowd going absolutely insane with everything that Volk does. Yeah, I think the idea so. of like these these home cooking judges, especially in the UFC level, is is a little far fetched. Yeah, nowadays, I mean, I can't even speak to what it was before. You know, I certainly for a time at least bought into the whole oh you know they go to brazil gotta be careful judge you know back back <laughs> 10 12 years ago you know when pretty much you just kind of bought into what you were told right i saw the answer for myself now and i i don't see that in modern mma at least in the ufc so i saw a couple couple comments i i, I had a refrain from responding that the two uk judges and the u.s judge really really had a lot invested in the aussie guy yeah they did <laughs> but I, I i refrained yeah so but then who should get the next crack? Is it Ma- Manjev? Is it definitely uh, Benil Darius? What if he loses though? Benil loses, just go straight to Poirier. Okay, all right. And then I guess that would be my my so. question was where to go from there because it certainly could happen the other way. You wouldn't just give it to Oliveira. You wouldn't give him a second chance. I would just give it to Dustin. Like let's get it over with. He's okay. been he's been he, he deferred it basically to fight Connor. Yeah, but he, he did get so. his title shot and then he lost. That was to Khabib. No, no, you're forgetting about the Charles Oliveira fight. I am forgetting about that. Oh yeah, you know what? Get him out of there. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I, I think I'm just so uh, locked in on Benil Dariush. And then there's of course, by the way, the uh, if if Conor McGregor goes out and somehow beats uh, Michael Chandler at a fight to be determined, you know, if and they wanted such, to, they'll just such put him a winnable in a fight. fight. And there's of course the history with uh, the Dagestan boys. Maybe could people go to that one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Dylan will even be there. Probably not. Ah, boy. Probably oh, boy. not. But anyway, uh, on to the 45-pound division. Though. We talked a little bit about it. Yair is calling for Volkanovski to unify the title in September in Mexico City. What do you think of that? I love the idea of unifying it. I hate the idea that I have to wait seven months for it. That's that's just insane. Just because you want to fight in Mexico City? Come on, let's just fight in May already. Let's. My hope is that Volkanovski will say, no, I want to do it sooner, and UFC will be on board with that. Although I do like, uh, listen, I get it. I get why they would do Mexico City and why they might even wait for it, but I hope they don't. Keep keep it moving. I'm okay yeah. with it moving. And I don't think Volkanovski is is the one who's trying to be inactive. I know for a while you were dissatisfied with his level of activity. I he, think he's been fighting I consistently think now. I think he's doing it for me. Uh, <laughs> he's, yeah, he did it just for you. So, yeah, Vol, I, Volk will, uh, I think he wants to do it right away. So, not right away, but, you know. As, you know, as soon as he's able, probably. Yeah. And on the UFC's calendar, which, of course, is kind of what dictates how often these guys can defend their titles anyway. It does. Yeah. You have to like it, but that's the way it is, man. Another reason why Don't I can like understand it. why you're a little more annoyed with the UFC lately. Although that's not new. I'm I'm quite annoyed with them. <laughs> Still, for that that card. I understand. I understand. That but card that we shall not name. Let time heal all wounds. We're moving away from that one, sir. Um, let's stick to this one here. The uh, There were 26 rounds scored for this pay-per-view UFC 284. Um, 18 of them. In 284, 283. It's 284. It's 284. Just blank for a second. Yeah. There were 18 uh, rounds that were unanimous. So the percentage was sitting at 69.2. Average is usually about 70, 71, 72. So they're kind of just right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's about average. So I don't think this was one of those cars where you had like an unnatural amount of, uh, you know, rounds that weren't unanimous that we have seen before when we go, you know, either down under or to New Zealand or kind of that area of the world where the judges uh, who, you know, frequently work in Australia and that kind of area end up working those events as well. 
didn't really manifest that way. I think this was a pretty natural, uh, in terms of agreement, card here. But that does mean we do have eight rounds, four contested rounds, that we're going to uh, to get into here. So let's uh, let's dive right into it, starting with the main event. Because, of course, it was 49-46 and two 48-47s. A lot of people thought it could go the other way for Volkanovski. I can understand why there's some close rounds in there that could kind of flip it. But let's start with, let's only talk about round three in particular here, because this one actually was split on the cards. So, Dan, what's happening here? Yeah, I think this is the round where, in my eyes, Volkanovski, the momentum started to shift in his his favor. Uh, It seemed like he was getting the better of the striking on the feet. Uh, he's able to keep it standing, and he's counter-wrestling really well. He's, like, defending, and then he's going on the offensive with, with the wrestling against the cage. And I didn't really expect him to do that, but it seemed like he was kind of wearing Islam down a little bit. Uh, I think Volk landed better upstairs. His his light kicks in this round were really good. Big deciding factor. He lands a big flurry against the fence. I do think it was a very close round, but uh, I think close but clear for Volk. I mean, this was the first of the four rounds, first four rounds, really, where Volkanovski wasn't hurt or taken down and, and kept down for a while by Islam. And that's a credit to Islam because he did a lot of stuff really well in those mm-hmm. first three rounds. Um, I don't know if this was necessarily close, but clear. I think it's a close enough round. I think you can you can make a reasonable case the other way because there's just not a whole well, lot of big yeah. action happening even from Volkanovski here. I thought the big I thought the leg kicks and the big flurry uh were the what put it over for me? No, I mean that, yeah. I would say I'm mis- that's I'm probably mis- fair. I'm, I'm misspeaking when I say close, but close. oh, I see. But it close round, close round, yeah. But you can see the other way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah okay, I got, I got I got no issue. Gotcha. If yeah. Someone scored it for. Yeah, for I was gonna say when you say close but clear, yeah. I mean, you, you know how we usually use yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, so okay, just make it sure. Yeah, I, I think I think I the close round, and and I also sided with Volkanovski here. I felt good about my score, but I also felt yeah, you know what? It's okay because I I wasn't necessarily thinking it would be. A split round, but I'm not surprised it was because, again, there, there wasn't this fight in particular. I would say for the first three rounds, especially there weren't like giant moments that distanced one guy from the other. You know, there were some good moments on one side, but then there would be some good mm-hmm. moments on the other. And then there really weren't a whole lot of like major things that happened either. It was like I don't want to say it was like low output because it wasn't quite that. But we certainly didn't see the typical high volume output that we get from an Alexander Volkanovsky fight. And we didn't see, at least for the first three rounds, any of those moments where Vulcan, uh, where excuse me, Mahachev gets it down, gets into his world, and is very clearly winning in the grappling to the point where you yeah. can't give it the other way. Round one, I think, felt good for a Makachev round. And I, I think was... round two was kind of, you know, I could have I wouldn't have been surprised if that one was split, but yeah, I had it for for uh Volkanovsky as well. Or excuse me, Mahachev. Yeah, I had Ma- Makachev round two I had that was a really competitive round. Volk lands a lot of shots early, but these are these are like low impact shots, really. Mm-hmm. Even even the one where he kind of wobbles him, it's I think it's more Makachev shooting at the same time as he's getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in the round, Makachev's hitting him with some heavy shots. I think the immediate impact there is definitely in Makachev's favor. Yeah, I think so, so. too. It was just a little more effective there. Um, but yeah, so as far as round three goes, yeah, we're, it's close round. We're both on the same page, giving this to one to Volkanovski. We saw it the same way as those two UK judges you mentioned, Ben Cartledge and David Letheby. It was Derek Cleary, the uh, US judge you mentioned, who saw it for Mahachev, and yeah, that's okay. Especially in a round yeah, like this, I'm, where I'm like you know that. someone steps in the you know the wrong way, you know gets in the way of one strike that lands, and you can't see it clear enough, or maybe you have a better view than the TV did, or something like that. You never know. Really, what this whole fight is is Volk 
Ganowski was expected to lose pretty handily. Or, or people he was expected, by the betters. I didn't people expect that. expected him, and then he did better than expected. So then they're like, oh, he must be winning. Expect to see bias, yeah. definitely, yeah. So that, I think that I was think part of it. That's what's playing a big role, I think. I would, Yes and no. Because I do think you can, I mean, absolutely round three is a Volkanovski round, and it was it was the biggest round by any individual. Round five, you mean? Round five, excuse me, yeah. thank you. Yeah, round five was easily the biggest round by any of them, and it was definitely a Volkanovski round. The fact that we both side, uh, as my water rattles here, or my soda rattles here, <laughs> um, the, the fact that you can give round two to Volkanovski and make a reasonable case, and we saw it that way, we sided with two of the three judges, so that's four out of five three, of us. Or, what? Round three, you mean? Round three. What am I talking about here? <laughs> numbers, numbers, numbers. Round two, I think, is the one that it's like, okay, even though this was not split on the judges, and I didn't see it the opposite way of the judges, I can understand why some people would have gone that way. I thought it was a close round. It is pretty close, but the stronger score is Makachev. Yeah, I think so, too. So. But, but put it this way. If two judges in this fight happen to have given round two to Volkanovski, could you sit there and be like, "Gee, I don't know about that one." I would, I would still score at Makachev, mm -hmm. and I would. So, I mean, we, I would we would say, probably couch side override. It, I, but... Yeah, I would say the cage side perspective. Maybe Volk was landing better than it seemed on TV. Sure. So wouldn't bother me is really what I'm getting down here. Yeah, I don't think this would be either. some sort of robbery if it went. Plus, the other we like way. Volkanovski. I am. Well, so. now you do. You got over. You got over your your annoyance with his. Uh, he gave me. His a, he he put on a, a a showcase performance in April. Like he was supposed to versus mm. a zombie. So while I was there, so there you go. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean the point being, obviously there was only this one split round. I would say round four is something we should really talk about though too, because there was that moment in the round, and and I think most people tended to agree that that was a Mahachev round. But there was the moment, of course, later in the round where Mahachev has the body triangle on Volkanovski. He's trying to work for something, but he's not really getting anything. He's not landing any strikes in the middle, but he's clearly got a dominant position and the body triangle. And then Volkanovski is just punching him backward, right? He's yeah, he's throwing punches behind his head, landing a couple. This are these are not strong punches. These are they're not fight ending punches, or even that would lead to an end. I think they're less than think. a jab. Like they look more like. Uh, uh, they, I think what it is is they look good. They definitely fired up a very friendly crowd, hundred <laughs> percent. I want to say him talking fired them up more. I think it was a little yeah. bit of both. I mean, they because when they see Mahachev just holding on, not doing anything, not not accomplishing anything, I could say, um, anything new, and you've got Volkanovski sitting there and he's throwing punches and nothing's coming back at him, and he's not trying to defend chokes or anything like that. People in the crowd, especially, see that as like, hey, that's our guy. You lay it into him, but. They forgot the three shots that Makachev landed on the feet before it happened, before it got there. But also, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's that. But also, like when you're talking about effective striking and grappling, right? Which is, it, it's not damage. It's it's mm -hmm. effective striking and grappling. That's what we're evaluating in this particular round, or in any round really. But in this particular sequence, let's think about that. If it's effective in terms of getting closer to finishing the fight, right? That's mm -hmm. that's kind of the theory behind this. The body triangle in that position is getting closer to the potential finish of that fight because of the grappling dominance there the effective grappling having the body triangle on the back in control a position he chooses to be in and volkanovsky chooses not to be in 
or doesn't choose to be in. He, he did not want to be there. He didn't want to be there. He could not get out is why he resorted to throwing punches because that's the only thing he could have done. It's one of those things that fighters so. do, can do to keep busy and certainly you know, that can potentially lead to some sort of you know psychological edge maybe here or down the road, but it's not going to get scored typically by the judges and, and the three judges scoring it that way I think bore out. I don't think you'd find many judges who you'd sub in there and would give that round to Volkanovski. I think it would be very hard to find judges who would go in there and give that round to Volkanovski. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't I don't like the score if, for Volkanovski in this round. Yeah, but you know what? The judges got it right. Yeah. That's all that matters. I don't have anything else to say about this fight. I think we covered it pretty well, especially the, the round yeah, scoring we, there. Yeah, we, we got it. Let's move on, though, to uh, <laughs> this was the, the curtain jerker of the night. And I know this one surprised the heck out of you. You watched it live. I did not watch it live. I actually kind of forgot that it was starting at that particular time. So I missed it live. And I turned it on. I was like, oh, guess I missed that. And of course, anytime I miss a fight like this, it's usually the one where it's like, yeah, we got to talk about all three rounds. So, hey, let's talk about all three rounds, <laughs> even though two of them are contested rounds. One of them we might as well just talk about because especially um, the way you had it scored, right? Mm -hmm. That fight, Elvis Brenner getting the win by split decision over Zubair Tuhuov, 30-27, 29-28, and 28-29. So we've got three different scores. It's rounds one and two that are split. So let's at least start with those, starting with one. Yeah, round one. This was this was a close round, probably the closest round, I think. Uh, a feeling out for a while. Brenner did well with the leg kicks and had a nice jumping knee early. Uh, after that, he really didn't land too much upstairs. Tuhuov landed the heavier punches, but not all that many of them. I think Tuhugov is slightly more effective in this round. It's very close. Tuhugov is bleeding. Point that out. Uh, so I don't know what the, what the visual on that is, but I do think this round was very close. You can go either way, but I think it was 10-9 Tuhugov. I also had a 10-9 Tuhugov, but I was really torn here. It's like super, super torn, because, especially because of that damage. I think mm -hmm. that it's cumulative damage. It's not in the worst spot, but it's not in the great spot. It's above mm -hmm. his, it's above his, uh, his eyebrows or his, his, uh, his brow line. That can get into, into potential yeah. problems there. You don't want that. I think that's something to account for. I, I, you wonder about it, and maybe I didn't grade it well enough. I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that's a fault of mine. But I did score this one for two. But again, super super close. I I was very torn. Yeah, this this was a very close round, and going either way, I mm -hmm. got no issue which way you go. Yeah. So. The the judges broke it down as uh, Derek Cleary scored it one this one for Brenner, and Evan Field, local judge in Australia, scored this one for Brenner. Uh, it was Barry Foley, your boy, <laughs> Barry Foley of all judges. That scored it for Tuhugov, just like you and me. So what does that mean? Couchside override. Very Foley. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Not the judge I expected to get a couchside override. <laughs> I I have to I have to admit that one. Um, but I also want to point out that I I took the time because this was a a, a fight that I think a lot of people are talking about. I said, you know what? Let's get another judge's. Uh, input on this like an actual working judge so I asked a, a judge if they would anonymously give their thoughts on this fight so got a little bit of notes for you we'll start with round one here uh, which was described as laser close uh, probably you know had more to do with kind of based on where your view was and they had it by two strikes Brenner 10 okay. nine. Um, but also you have to account for the consideration of the damage caused by Brenner that would help tip it so Again, maybe I didn't account for the uh, the damage as well as I ought to have. You All know? right. 
But that's just one judge's opinion, you know, uh, and none of the judges who actually worked this. So we'll uh, we'll leave that judge's name out of this one. Though. Round two, we've also got to talk about here because, again, this one was split, too. So what happened in round two? Scott, I did not take many notes on this round because I did not think we'd have to talk about it. Okay. Um, well, we do. I, I do Surprise. have. Right. So I, I did my notes. And these notes probably reflect how I would explain it, like in a postmortem at a okay. show. I thought it was a pretty clear round for Tahugo. If he landed the best strikes of the round, Brenner didn't have the volume nor the impact. I thought it was was clear for Tahugo. Yeah, I thought this was a Tahugo round too. I felt pretty good about this one. And the judges, uh, cage side, Derek Cleary and uh, Barry Foley both had this one for Tuhugov as well. It was Evan Field who was split off to give this one to Brenner. Uh, a surprise, I would say. Maybe not the strongest score, in my opinion. I, I would agree. You never know. Maybe maybe you just missing certain views and that kind of thing, and just these things can happen. But I would say ended up on the wrong end here, uh, Judge Fo- Judge Field, excuse me. For our actual uh, again anonymous judges. Uh, input we had uh although it was a 10-9 to hugov round as well and although brenner had some decent moments hugov uh had it had a lead by the end of the round a solid yeah yeah that was that was a description there so you know judges aren't necessarily going to sit there and be like hey this got it wrong but that's you know they're giving their their assessments right Mm -hmm. so yeah i i feel like that's a pretty accurate way to say it i think i think it was a clear round yeah yeah Um, i wouldn't say it was overly not close but i wouldn't say it was close but clear either you know what i mean just a clear round yeah so not the strongest score we'll probably have to add that one to the consideration for the end of the year talking about some scores uh maybe that weren't the strongest of the year that we can kind of revisit and say hey where are we at Mm -hmm. um we haven't done that in the past i I think this is this is the year we're going to do that fingers crossed knock on wood whatever you want to (laughs) do round three was not split all three judges had this one for brenner but I know when you watched this, you were saying that you were you couldn't have really seen a path for Brenner to get this score, right? You had this one for Tuhugov. I had round three for Tuhugov. I amended that. I said, you know, maybe maybe round three was closer than we actually thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, having watched it again, having, are you saying? Ha- no, just just rethinking over it. I see. Over it. You didn't bother to. to you didn't, I didn't rewatch okay. it. No. All right. Just um, sure. Because it was. Why don't we just get into the round? Yeah. Yeah. So, Tahugov, he continues landing good shots upstairs and some pretty hard ones. He uses, but in this round, he uses a lot of clinching and wrestling against the fence here. Never gets the takedown, so it's a lot of ineffective running out the clock, essentially. When they're separated, Brenner is landing some decent strikes. I just think Tahugov landed heavier and more effectively. Okay. Uh, getting the better reactions when Brent, Brenner got hit. But Brenner kept pace with this round, and all that wrestling and, and clinching really wasn't scoring much, so... But I'm 10-9 to Hugov. I can see why someone would score it for Brenner, though, thinking back on it. I don't think I actually scored this round. I think I watched this round and then okay. kind of neglected to score it. Um, I don't know if I just got distracted or whatever. You know, when I get distracted and, and I don't bother to go back, I I don't want to give a score. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair. Um, but I can give you, again, our, our anonymous judge here gave some notes on it, said that they gave this round uh, to Brenner 10-9, just as close as round one, but without the damage. Um, Brenner had just kind of the smallest amount of more strikes. Tipping point could be the spin back fist is probably, you know, the hardest strike in that okay. round. Right. Um, and also in the last minute, Brenner lands a nice heavy body kick, razor thin elbows on the head while Tugov is, is holding him versus cage, uh, you know, kind of clinching multiple times there, but it's enough to tip it. So that was, All right, that was fair. kind of the thing in there. That sounds I, right. I, I don't care if you get to Brenner with rounds one and three, mm-hmm. but round two, come on. Okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so too. I think that's probably the most surprising here. But yeah, I mean, you can give this you can give this fight to Brenner. There's no robbery here, despite the fact that we saw a score that was maybe maybe just didn't suit the situation. Yeah, two wasn't not the strongest score. No, no, no not not a great score. Probably one of the worst scores we've had uh, that we've discussed this year, this early year. Yeah. We've only had a few events, so. Um, Hopefully we don't have too many of those. We always root. we don't root for them. No, come on, give us more. No, stop it. I want judging to be good. Stop it. Don't root for violence. <laughs> well, violence. Yeah. Yeah. Violence that ends the fight in the first round every time. Like this next fight was supposed to. This fight was well, anything at two hundred five and above, you can't. You know, he's just kind of a crapshoot. So, yeah, Jimmy Crute. Moving on to the next fight, Jimmy Crute getting the uh, majority draw with Alonzo Menafield. And he saved himself because of uh let's say some mistakes on Alonzo Menafield's part. Yeah. We'll get bit. to we'll get to that later because that's in round three. The split round was round two after a, a particularly bad start mm-hmm. for Crew. So what's happening in round two? Yeah, this was a crazy round. Crew is basically out on his feet. Menafield keeps cracking from the start of the, because yeah. of the pre- previous previous round, yeah. yeah. Menafield just keeps cracking him in the head with shots. But he makes a uh, a mistake by deciding to clinch with with Crute against the fence and basically let him take over the round from here. Uh, Crute uh, got a few shots in later in the round. Menafield had him hurt bad, like I said. Uh, once Crute gets it to the ground, though, and lands a couple shots, he's looking for a good choke. I don't think the choke was ever under the chin. He might he may have just been going for the face crush there. Yeah, I I don't don't think he had the energy. To actually finish that from there without being an actual legit choke. Uh, I don't think the strikes were all that heavy on top. And I think the damage that, that Menafield put on early in the round uh, surpassed everything. So 10-9 Menafield. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the damage at the beginning, the, the, the strike-based damage in this fight coming off in this round came coming off of Menafield. That's what felt the most effective to this round. I would say it's certainly possible for crew to have come back and, and taken it if you happen to see it that way and if you thought that was a good attack at the end because hey who's closer to ending the fight you know yeah i mean manifield gives the gives the thumbs up he does like, but i mean just, you can he also knows out. he also knows the bell's coming too so maybe he yeah. just feels like he can make it and you know is putting on posturing you never know well, i'll tell you, you just a don't funny know. story about, about about me knowing the bell's coming on okay stuck in a toehold i look at the clock it's eight seconds till the rounds so like, oh, i'm not gonna tap this is what naga or uh... no this is no this is practice okay i'm like well, i'm not gonna tap to this i'm just gonna eight eight seconds mm-hmm. and next thing you'll boom pop yeah ankle pops i'm like oh well that was not smart of you all right that was a good idea see i don't wait out leg locks like i'm not i don't it's been a long time since i've really grappled to be perfectly honest but if i was in a grappling scenario when i was grappling i didn't just like hit the panic button the moment someone was going for a leg lock right mm-hmm because, you know, it's a natural thing to be like, yo, I don't want any piece of that. Like, I'm just here to, to learn and have some fun and not, like, limit my ability to do things outside <laughs> of the gym, right? We're not we're not training to fight. Um, But I would say if I felt like someone kind of had me in something and I was a little concerned about it, I'm not looking at that bell. Dude, I'll tap it one second. F it. Well, it depends. I want to walk. I want to walk home. <laughs> Leg locks always depend on how reckless and aggressive the person was. I mean, that's part of it, too. And of I was course. like, okay, yeah, you dive on it. I'm just, you win. You got it. <laughs> like, there were some good leg lock yeah. specialists in that gym, too. Good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, it, but yeah, so both of us had uh, many field here. Same as, again, those UK judges that we were talking about, Cartilage and Leatherby. And it was the US judge that we were talking about, Mar- uh, Derek, Cro- Derek Cleary. I can't talk tonight. 
I don't know. It's been a long week, long weekend. Uh, he had this one for Kroot. Again, I, I don't think it's it's crazy to go the other way. Than, than yeah, I, I really got no issue with it. But so. but yeah, I, I definitely felt like Metafield probably was the score that I was comfortable with. But of course, he, he lost a point, and he lost round three. So I would have had it as a draw. And why did he lose that point in round three, sir? Well, Kroot was about to take him down right away, and he grabbed the fence, prevented the takedown. Mark Goddard said, no, 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 stop. We're taking a point. That is fight changing. How do you feel about that? I like it. I like it too. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm pretty okay with that. I, I, I do want to say this. People were calling, they wanted a point taken. I forget what fight it was. And the guy throws a, bin, a spinning back fist the same time the other guy's throwing a kick and it gets deflected into the cup. And they're like, oh, you should take a point for that because it was a bad shot. I think it was the cool about fight. Mm. It's like, I don't think you should take a point. Yeah, that doesn't feel like, like recklessness. That. Yeah. It's like they were both throwing a strike. This guy's leg got deflected mm-hmm. into the cup. Yes, it's a bad shot, but I, I, I don't see why you would take a point for that. So. I, I, I'm with you, too. I, I, I it would you can't, it's case by pay, case basis, yeah. right? There might be times where it looks bad, like like maybe there is some extra, you know, extra recklessness. I think it's not mm-hmm. intent, but maybe just like a lack of control of the weapons. And that's not really what this was, at least the way mm-hmm. you're describing it. I'm not right, even sure yeah. what you're talking about, to be perfectly honest. I'm not sure I remember it offhand. Um. But yeah, I, I'm I'm okay. Number one with with how Mark Goddard handled this situation, taking mm-hmm. the point here. Um, but yeah, if it's if it's just a situation where something gets deflected, what are they supposed to do? You know, he, there's no there's no control there. Like, potentially, if it's enough to stop the fight, then yeah, I mean maybe you'd call it a no contest because mm-hmm. that's an unfortunate end. But yeah, it doesn't that doesn't seem like something that should be a foul. I agree. Especially one that will get punished by a, a point taken, and hey, we're—I think we're probably at the forefront of people who are like, "Yeah, take the point." So oh, for, for sure. us to say that, I yeah. think it, that's that speaks. Hopefully, that speaks volumes. Um, but yeah, so as a result of the lost point, we ended up instead of having uh, Jimmy Crute lose a uh, a split decision, he ended up getting the majority draw. He had a twenty nine twenty seven card because he got the round two from Derek Cleary, right. and then the other two were twenty eight all. Mm-hmm. Moving on along to our other title fight, there was one round scored for this one before the second round triangle finish to win the number one contender's belt. (laughs) (laughs) Yair Rodriguez, of course, getting that win over Josh Emmett, but round one was split. So what's happening? Yeah, so Rodriguez came out really good, and it's like, is Josh Emmett looked like death on the scale, right? I don't think he had a great cut. Didn't look great. Um. He's a big guy. He used to fight at 55, so he, he came down didn't throw, like years ago, but he came down. He didn't throw a single strike for two minutes, and he ate some good shots from Jair, especially to the body, that left kick. Um, later in the round, though, Emmett does land a heavy right that sends Rodriguez to the floor. He follows him down there, and I think he lands some solid ground and pound here, Some, especially the elbows from up top. I, th- I do think he stole the round uh, here, so I'm on 10-9 Emmett. No, I went the other way though. I I thought the the body of work from Rodriguez here, I think, overcame that. Yes, it, obviously he got him here, right? I just don't think that that sequence enough was enough to overcome everything that Yair had done. It's tricky. I mean, I got no issue with someone scoring it for Rodriguez. Sure, but sure. I I do think he landed the heavier shots on the holes, but for his ground and pound, I thought it was really solid. No doubt. That's what's so tricky about kind of like, you know, weighing the the more impactful shots. Like, mm-hmm. how much more do you weigh them? It's 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 very much a sliding scale, very much a case-by-case kind of basis thing. It's hard to quantify that, I think. It, this would be a very hard thing that sort of the criteria to, like, quote-unquote fix, right? 
to quantify how much more you're supposed to weigh. Like, unless you were just to explicitly say, whoever lands the hardest punch wins. Like, that, or, or strike, you know? That's, like, the only way you could actually truly codify it in in, in a, a more meaningful way, right? That's how but I don't think they should necessarily do that. No, that's how a lot of fans interpret it. Well, I think that's so. probably what it is, yeah, but... But I wonder if maybe the one thing they could do is spell that out a little bit, where it's it doesn't necessarily mean whoever wins the you know whoever lands that the most hurtful strike of the round automatically wins it. It there's there's certainly room for that. You know I don't know how they would necessarily clarify. It's it's very tricky. This is where we need to have the gray in the criteria. When, I think when we do this special episode of Scott Fontana's criteria. Scott, yeah, Scott Fontana's criteria. That's right. We'll uh, iron that out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, I actually saw it in the majority, though. I, I saw it the same as uh, local judge Garth Harriman, who we spoke about on that Aussie show mm-hmm. that we did a couple weeks back, and David Leatherby, again, one of the UK judges in town. You saw it the same as uh, as Derek Cleary, who Derek Cleary seems to be uh, on the out in, in a lot of these cards, unfortunately, uh, for this one. He was, uh, but that doesn't mean he was wrong. You know, no. Again, you saw it this way here. Yeah. So he was in, depending on how you feel about Dan, he was in good company. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're just split here. And that's fine. You make a good case. You do. Thank you. I just went the other way. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> but it didn't matter because the air goes out there. He finishes it. Beautiful triangle. Beautiful. Amazing. Um, Let's move on, though. we got three more fights to talk about. One round each. We probably don't need to go. Well, maybe this round we could talk a little bit more. I think the other two would probably go a little a little more shallow, right? Um, Modestus Bukaskis, though, coming back to the UFC, picking up a win over Tyson Pedro in unfriendly territory. 30-27 and 229-28's unanimous win here. Round one is the only one that we're split on. So what's happening? Yeah, this was a good round, I thought. It was a decent good, fight. Good fun, good fun round, I thought. Uh, both guys were swinging hard early. Both guys connected a few times. I do think Pedro landed slightly better. Uh, he got a good takedown straight to side control. And on the on the ground here, he lands one solid elbow straight to like the cheekbone. I was like, oh, that, that one kind of made me jump in my seat a little bit. Uh, back on the feet, I thought he cracked him with a good uh, good left uh, right before Bukakis ended the round, cracking him with a solid right. Close round. Eileen Pedro, I do think that one elbow probably puts it over for me on the ground. Because I do think it was that good of a of a shot. So I think I ended up just kind of grading the the overall stand up offense from Bukaskis a little heavier than you did. Okay, I just I happened to see that round for him close for for sure. It it was not an easy call, but I I felt like Bukaskis' offense was was just generally more effective. He was landing pretty mm-hmm. well, I think, throughout. And yeah, I mean that probably the best strike of the round, maybe even mm-hmm. that elbow. I Fair love, to say, I love that elbow. Yeah, it's it a good so, round. It was a good strike. But again, just like we were talking about, that doesn't necessarily put it over. It doesn't mean it can't put it over. But for me, it didn't necessarily do that. So I saw it for Bukowski, same as Judge uh, Evan Field, who, who we spoke about before. You were on the same side as uh, Barry Foley and a, a judge whose name was not in the MMA decisions database before this, Mick Maney. Welcome to the show. Yeah, and and I should point out that. On the scorecards released by the UFC throughout the night, Mick Maney's surname was spelled two different ways. <laughs> Started out, I believe, as M-A-N-E-Y, and then later was changed to M-E-A-N-Y. Meany? It was one or the other, like Meany or Maney. Mick Meany. I happened to uh, look into it today, and I was told it is Maney, M-A-N-E-Y. All right. We have a definitive answer. <laughs> Uh, and that, that is from a a very reliable source 
uh, with the UFC. So we've got that information. There's your scoop, guys. I got the spelling right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're split here. That's fine. Not a big deal. The other two rounds, uh, you know, we'll start, I guess, with Jack uh, Jack Jenkins getting the win over Don Shanus. Unanimous nod, 30-27 again, twice, and 29-28. We're split in round two this time. I don't think we have to go deep into this, Dan. What, what did you kind of have to say about yeah, this? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a wild round. I thought Jenkins was doing better on the feet before he got the takedown, and he takes the back. Uh, it doesn't really do anything from there. He gets reversed. Uh, back on the feet, again, Jenkins is, is landing pretty solid. But this is where Shanus kind of throws a, a, a wrench in it. He gets it straight down to the ground and with a takedown, lands into mount and lands some good good shots from here. A, a really another strong elbow. But Jenkins escapes, gets another takedown, and grabs the back while attacking a rear naked choke this time to end the round. I think Jenkins wins at 10-9. I agree. I don't really have a lot to add, to be honest. Uh, so we saw it the same way as Derek Cleary and David Leatherby. And it was a Judge Maney who was split off seeing this one for Shanus. Crazy? Not really, no. No, not really. No. Uh, and then our last round, Blake Builder got the win over Shane Young in unfriendly territory. Once again, unanimous decision, 30-27 twice in a 29-28. Sounding familiar here. Round two, once again, is split. So what's happening? Yeah, Builder starts good. Uh, good punches and kicks. Young is a little bit behind. Kind of see like they're throwing one strike at a time. No one's really putting it together. Towards the end is where Young starts finding a home for his right hand. Uh, they're pretty good shots, uh, but on the whole, I think Builder wins it in a close round, so 10-9 Builder. Yeah, I like the overall body of the uh, effective offense from him, so I felt good there, too. Same as uh, judges Ben Cartledge and McManey, and it was uh, against the, uh, well, I guess the, the judge who was split off here was David Leatherby, saw this one for Young, but crazy? No. No, certainly not. No. And that is it. That is it for uh, the scoring of USC 284, we, of course, have five finishes. I'd like to talk about the finishes. Mm-hmm. Two by uh, Kaortikio, three by sub. Second week in a row that we've had a, an event with more subs than KOs and TKOs. That's mm. kind of rare. Uh, but three of these fights ended in the first round. Did you have a favorite of uh, of these five? Yeah, Yair Rodriguez triangle. Yeah, that hard, was hard to hate that one. That you was... watched him set it up all the way or through. Oh, yeah. Did it wasn't just, it's sometimes sometimes guys just kind of like put themselves in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like gifted to them. Yeah. He built this. I really like that. I like the setup. Yeah. You kind of watched him go through the steps in a way that I think a lot of times you just don't see anymore, especially from the bottom game. It's kind of like Emmett. It's getting dangerous, dude. Yeah. But, you know, defend that. Be careful. Do something. Mind your P's and Q's as, uh, <laughs> as Joe Rogan would like to say. Yeah. Does he still say that? I feel like he used to say it all the time, and I feel like he doesn't say it anymore. Well, after he hears the show, he'll probably bring it back and then That's true. say it all. Joe Rogan is a so. noted listener of the Couchside Judges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should be on Rogan. Um, yeah. Just saying. But anyway. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Um, but yeah, so you, you, that was your favorite. Yeah. Mine was a different submission, and it was the first submission of the career of Loma Look Bum Me, mm-hmm. getting a second round rear naked choke on Elise Reed. I think if someone said, okay, it's going to be a rear naked choke finish in this fight, everyone would probably say Reed. So she very, had the back round one. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, very surprising, and and you could see Luke Mummy was really, really proud of herself for this one. She was super excited on social media later as well. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was really great, so I, I definitely had to go for that one because it, it surprised me mm-hmm. especially. So good good for her. Good win. And uh, yeah. Uh, you can, you can I, I, I just thought of this. You can compare rounds kind of rounds one of this fight with round four of the main because mm-hmm. it's like reed does get the back like jessam sure. does have the back but the thing is reed's leaking everywhere yeah so the, the 
that that's why it's different. It's different. So, yeah, yeah. You know, blood kind of changes things. Yeah. So big differentiator. Also, some of them are men, and some of them they're a little different. Uh, yeah, that's true. It happens. Yeah. Anatomically speaking, different people. But that is it. We don't need to get into the uh, the physiological uh, lesson here. We're moving on to UFC Vegas sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put the he he there. Yeah. In the inner little outline, it says he he in parentheses. Dan Dan had fun with that. Uh, but the the main event here. Got a makeover over the weekend. It was going to be Tyler Santos against Aaron Blanchfield at 125 pounds, which I thought was a terrific matchup and really fascinating for Aaron Blanchfield. And then all of a sudden it gets uh, torn asunder because Tyler Santos injury pulls out and she is replaced with Jessica Andrade, who of course is a more accomplished fighter, a former champion. And even though she's not the most recent title challenger like Tyler Santos is, I think is a much harder and more challenging opponent. So it actually makes this fight, I think, almost less interesting because I think it's going to be a much harder test for Aaron Blanchfield at this point, especially on less than a week's notice. I think she's up for it. I'm sure she's up for it. The girl does not lack her confidence. The woman does not lack her confidence. Yeah, should be. It should be fun. I yeah. I, I actually I think it, it made it a little more interesting. Sassy <sighs> less because I think this would have been like a, a really I I like the style matchup too. Of Santos a lot better than Andrade here. I think Andrade is very, very, very skilled in an area that Blanchfield really kind of needs to win. All right, that's how I look at that. It's a tough one. I don't. I will not count out on Blanchfield because she is such a rising star. Um, uh, and you never bet against Taylor Ham Country. That's true. North Jersey. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm rooting for her or anything. I, I try to keep out of that, but you know, I don't. I don't try to keep. No, that no, no. Out you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. All I'm saying is, and I'll. Point this out pretty much anyone who will listen. She went to high school about a block and a half from where uh, I first moved into town, where I live right now. All right. At about the same time. She was probably getting out of school, walking with her friends to get lunch. Around the same time, I was walking my, my little guy around in a stroller to get to the library. <laughs> Walked past the school. Guar- guarantee at some point I did. Just didn't know who she was. And she didn't know who I was. Or maybe she did. She didn't. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, I... Again, I like this fight. I don't like most of this card, but I like this fight, and I want to watch it, but I was more interested in the other fight. I just thought that would be more competitive. Okay. But, hey, I, I'm happy to be wrong. I mean, if, if Aaron Blanchfield goes out there and kind of turns some heads, I mean, I mean that so would be something also, to beat Jessica, Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade on short notice. Sure, sure. So, Having said that, she's also fighting at a more comfortable weight class than the 115 that she often fights at as well. Mm. It's not like she's going to be making a deep cut to get here. She's okay. fought at this weight. She's competed at this weight and, and performed at this weight. I think she could do it. Okay. So I mean, I'm not worried about the weight. I'm more in shape still. I bet you someone so. like her, she seems like someone who's pretty focused most of the time. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, she's obviously, this is a big risk for her too. She loses this fight. It's a big setback to lose to a prospect like Aaron Blanchfield too. Mm-hmm. Really, only one of these women has something to really gain here other than money. And that is Aaron Blanchfield. Because I don't really know what Jessica Andrade gets out of this one. Is she going to get a title shot off this? I don't think so. So yeah, maybe she does. Who knows? But this one will be in Nevada, as uh, as all of the Apex cards are. We're still in Apex. This, of course, was the card that would have had uh, Corey Sanhagen and Marlon Chito Vera, but mm. that one got shifted off a few weeks ago. A little late in the game. That I didn't really love the way they did that. I like that they moved it somewhere where they're going to have fans, but maybe do that like before you announce it instead of just a few weeks after, like before. When people start making, you know, travel plans and that kind of thing. And of course they say, 
you know, card subject to change. Da, 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 da. Usually there's an injury involved, not just UFC being like, nah, we're going to tug the Rogue well, out that's, from I, I remember I was listening to Rogan. I think mm-hmm. it was Bilal Muhammad episode when they were talking about this fight. And they were like, man, this one really needs to be in front of a crowd. It's kind of kind of stinks that it's in the apex. Yeah, they should have thought about uh, that before. So I don't know if that was the, like, the, the matchmaking. Like, you know what? I think they're right, maybe. Probably they not. They should have thought of that before. So, that's they, their they job. Yeah, that's their should. job. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, they, I think, honestly, I think the matchmakers at the UFC do generally a pretty darn good job mm-hmm. most of the time. They create competitive matchups. Um there's some things I don't love here and there. I think this certainly qualifies as one of them to to make this matchup, which is great, but then put it somewhere where it's not great and then only to change it later when it seems like, I don't know if it was fan pressure or if they just decided, hey, we really need something for this. Uh, was it San Antonio? Is that where it is? I believe it's in San okay. Antonio. It's, it, I, I want to say it's, well, <laughs> Texas judges. Here we, we go. We talk about some Texas Goodbye. judges. Hey. who You know who deserves a crowd? Huh. The guy that's on this card, that's carrying this card. Outside Alexander of the Hernandez, Jim Effin Miller, oh, is fighting again, and he's fighting Alexander Hernandez on a one week's notice. <laughs> yes, he is. Now, Jim Miller is someone who is—I mean, obviously, he was already on this card. He was fighting TBA, and then TBA pulled out, so they got this. Gabriel fight. Benitez. No, no, no. It was TBA. Uh, what's Remember, the original? TBD. Okay. Excuse yeah. me. That, that was what they announced uh, <laughs> last week. It was TBD. Uh, but TBD wanted no parts of Jim Miller, and he's said, like, "You know what? Jim's I'm fighting. Out. We just don't know who yet." It's not what I'm saying. We're saying two different things, sir. That's what it it came off. It's like, Jim's going to be there. Does anyone want to fight him? (laughs) Who's up for it? Who's up for it? Alexander Hernandez is like, I'll do it. That's not how he talks. Yeah, so this this (laughs) one's going to be a wild first round. Again, this is a big one for for Taylor Ham Country. Yeah, and then we'll we'll see what happens round two and three if it gets that far. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. It's not pork roll. I I I like this fight. This one, so this card starts at 7 p.m., right? Uh, main card, I should say. 7 p.m. Eastern time. I would say this, because this is the opener of the card. I feel like they did that because they know people want to watch this fight, and they're like, well, maybe they'll stick around for the other fights in the middle. Well, I'm going to advise you that if you don't want to do that because it's all heavyweight and light heavyweight in the middle, you could just dip out. Like, I'm not going to judge you. No. I, I will not judge you. You can be a casual here. You don't need to watch these heavyweight fights. Just skip out after Jim Miller. And then come back around uh, like nine o'clock. That's that's when you'll see uh, Andrade and Blanchfield. Yeah, take a break, take a nap. You deserve <laughs> it. I think you do. Um, I know you like one of these fights. I could. I, well, I don't really. Not that I like it. It's just one of those fights. It's like okay, I do feel this one ends quick. And that is Zach Palga and Jordan Wright. Okay. At two oh five, Palga was was a heavyweight. Now he's coming down. So and he was in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's always interesting. Do we, do we find so. that former NFL players have amazing success in in the UFC? Well, Matt Mitrione didn't wasn't terrible. He was okay. Yeah. And Brendan Shaw knocked out Krokop. He did. That's true. But Jordan Wright's kind of kind of wild. So I do think it'd be fireworks for as long as it goes. Hopefully not all fifteen. Look, I, I'll uh, I always say this. Give me give me a finish in five minutes and I'll be happy. Yeah. Five minutes. <laughs> you go past five, we've entered we've entered a zone that I'm just not proud of. Unless it's a, unless it's you know again top contenders at heavyweight. Well, this very is very different story. This is two oh five. Well, honestly, 205 is not like it's kind of like the the slightly better <laughs> cousin. It, it it really is if you're outside of like the top 10, it's kind of a crapshoot. There are guys, you know, there's certainly guys yeah. outside of that top 10 where it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah." But there's it's just a few of them. It's going to take certain ones. And even inside that top 10, you know, someone like a like a heavyweight, Marcin uh, Tybura, 
who is definitely in the top 10. But when you look at his fights, you're just not really excited for them unless you know he's going to beat up on Greg Hardy again, another former NFL player. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't really care for this card much. We will dutifully watch it because we will give you all the scoring analysis that we do every week. But I don't have to like this. Definitely don't. Then I won't. Well, maybe I'll be wrong. That would be nice. All right. We'll be back again, hopefully on Monday this time. I think so. I'm rooting for us. There's yeah. no there's new Super Bowls. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not going to get sick. You better not get sick. I don't want to get sick. I'll do it. All right. I won't. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.